Behold, behold, behold a pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflations and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Everybody in the world out there, welcome back to another episode of Behold the Pill podcast. This is a very special episode this week with the one and only Insane Shane McCain with us. Yes, booyah, special. And it's it's key you should say that because, uh, you know, I mean, they say we're all special, you know, which is total bullshit. But I know that I'm special specifically because I heard it from a credible source, my mom. Okay, she told me this when I was a child. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was like leaning forward to get a spoonful of liquid spinach. Ironically enough, this is something you start off eating and later in life, something that, you know, period food that you end up eating. But at the time, I was going to, you know, like Popeye, man, get a big fucking wad of spinach, be a winjo, white ninja. Anyway, I don't know, man, but it must have been a defective high chair. I fell forward. I smacked my head on the ground. I saw God, and then I was reborn in that moment. My mom got me up, and she said, you, are you okay, Shane? And I was, like, trying to mimic the word, I'm better than okay, I'm better than you, you know, but I couldn't because I couldn't speak that well at that time. But uh, And and she said, You're, you are special, you know that? You're not crying, you're special. I was drooling at the time, which I still do. Um, but anyway, that's why I know I'm special, but I don't want to get into a whole thing about me. I am not a narcissist. I'm a neo-narcissist, okay? That's a sect of elite fucking madmen that just don't believe. But no, it's all about me. Go ahead. Back to you. Uh, are you coming out as a member of the Illuminati right now? Uh, well, I. that's a really hard thing to say because... Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, there, there is the Illuminati mm-hmm. and everybody talks about them, you know, but the fact is there is the chosen people, the, the, how would you say this? The Illuminati, the Illuminati. Oh. See what I mean? The Jews are the ones that, you know, they formed their own thing. 
Yeah. And then, you know, the peasants, the shikses, the non-Jews, you know, the ones that thought they were smart, thought they were running everything. You know, all the Freemasons and the fucking, the laborers, all these people like, we are this, you know, we have a special Illuminati. It was the Illuminati. Those guys had all the fucking money, you feel me? Yeah. They weren't working at all, bro. They were holding their meetings in the morning because they didn't have to go to work. These other guys were like, you know, lying about going home for dinner. Oh, yeah, I, I have to stay late at the, you know, at the, at the mill. <laughs> Fuck the mill, man. Then they would go to their Illuminati party and drink fucking wig of beer while these Jews were drinking like really good kosher wine. You feel me? Yeah. So this is the real truth. You know, or I could say it like a brother. I could substitute the TH for an F. Then it gets down home. This is the motherfucking truth. Well, that's what we're here for. We're here for the truth. Half of the truth. Boom. What would that be like? A ORF? I don't even know. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, what were you asking me? I got a little, you know, off this. The THC to the ADD to the LSD to the, you know, CO, whatever, the COVID. There's all kind of shit going. A lot of letters. So, what did you want to know again? Sorry. We were talking about your involvement with the Illuminati. But it, it can be yeah, a obviously, I, I fuck those wiggers. I'm a neo-narcissist. I got nothing to do with them. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you've ran across a few members in your day, probably. Well, I want to quote Woody Allen, who I think quoted Groucho Marx and said, I would not be a part of any club that would have me as a member. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I can't be a part of them. If they would allow me in, I've lost total respect for them, you know? It's a great Groucho Marx bit. Yeah, no, he was the fucking shit, you know. And he had a massive mustache. Just he saying. did, he did. I gotta get more into him. I'm, my generation remember. I, I know, I know mostly Groucho Marx through, for me personally, through watching All in the Family because Michael Stivick used to always do the impersonation of you know with the the cigar and the glasses and the mustache and stuff, and it was so. It was one of those things that were so iconic. I mean, nowadays people I don't think would. I, like that that whole toy thing that people have, where it's just like the big nose and the mus and the mustache and the glasses. Like, remember that you'd wear them. That was yeah, yeah. That was like yep. that, that. What seems to be one of the oldest gags in the book is those those like party favor mustache things. That was all based off of Groucho, if I remember correctly. I did not know that, dude. If I that think- is true, that is a good trivia. I think so. Or- Oh, it's a conspiracy theory. Remember, man, talk about those too. Well, Groucho had a really his ending was really is up for theory, where uh, you know as he became an older man and started to lose it, I guess there was this girl. I, I don't. I didn't really. I I've, I know. I, I knew. I've I've heard about it, but I didn't touch up on it because I know we were going to be diving into it. But there was a girl that kind of came into his life that I guess was like you know guiding his career and all that became his manager. And it was his wife, I think, but um, she was, like, beating him up and stuff. Like, towards the end, it got pretty bad. (laughs) Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that true? So the uh, woman was, like, bullying him? Bullying him around, yeah. A lot of people talk about that. Poor Groucho Marx. Yeah, he was very quick. Even in his his later days when he was starting to lose his mind, I think he had dementia or something like that. Hmm. He was still sharp as a tack, quick, quick witty. Really? Yeah, I got to wow. dive to be... more into him. 
What's that, Obi? I'm going to dive more into him a little bit. But you were saying? No, no, that's pretty trippy. I was kind of riffing off of what you were saying. Uh, but, gra- yeah, Groucho Marx, man, that's kind of trippy because I'm getting this visual of, you know, this woman in, like, a nurse's outfit, but a negligee, mm-hmm. just, like, choking him out with a belt, you know, that kind of sexual asphyxiation shit, yelling, like, <laughs> Groucho, say Alcho! You know, it's fucking twisted. I don't know, you know, because I have a very fertile imagination when you say these things. It can really throw me down the rabbit hole. You know? yeah. The Marx so. Brothers, when they, they must have pulled a lot of hot chicks in their time with how big they were. Yeah, but they really were. I'm sorry, but when you look at the man, yeah. I think, uh, how can I say this politically correctly? I think they probably were paying for the pussy, you know? Just saying. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, man, they, they definitely, they, they weren't leading men. They weren't, you know, they weren't yeah. Clark Gables. You know what I'm saying? They weren't Cary Grants. I mean, they weren't Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson was full of the boys, but that's a bad yeah. example. But, uh, you know, they weren't, they had money. They had fame. But, you know, if you really think about it, if you, if you imagine being a chick watching their movies, like what are all bopping each over over that, you know, or doing whatever the fuck they did, you know? Yeah. Like, they definitely didn't look like they were ladies' men. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I think the comedy aspect of it went went a long way with them, too. The fact that they were funny and well-respected within their community, so so to speak. And they did have a lot of money. Oh, hell yeah, dude. They were at the top of Hollywood, man. One of the brothers, Zeppo, maybe? Yeah, yeah. was Was just this party animal guy that was like, gambled away all his money and... He was big. He was the bigger one with the ladies, if I remember correctly. I think they all were had a little bit of. They were all a little jealous of him, if I remember correctly. Right, but because uh, he was uh, so good looking, yeah, probably of the bunch. Yeah, of the bunch, he was the better looking one. Yeah, no, that's pretty trippy, man. Yeah, imagine that, man. I mean, to be in Hollywood during those fucking glory days, man. I mean, that's some shit. I mean, now you know. Think. Let's think about it. To be in Hollywood then. Or to be in Hollywood now. Mm. Being in Hollywood now, while the fucking plague is sweeping the planet, would be a real fucking buzzkill, you know? Yeah. But back then, man, the only problem back then is I don't think they had a cure for fucking VD. No. And that would be a big problem because you know those boys was going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, that's in the whole, oh. the, that's the old time Hollywood that Harvey Weinstein wants to live in. You know what I mean? All the people getting bopped for all this. Yeah, they could do anything they wanted back then, and it was like completely, you know, acceptable. I mean, you know, if you were if you were the girl stepping out, you were being frowned upon. You were given a hard time. It's that de- it's definitely flipped. You know what I mean? Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, Harvey wants it. I remember. You know, believe it or not, and this is pretty pathetic, um, but I'll just say it anyway, man, you know. So way back in the day, for like one fucking day, I actually worked on the first movie. People don't know this, but Harvey, I, I know about Harvey Weinstein because um, well, I met him on the, on the set, you know, a long time ago. But uh, I don't know if you guys know this, man, you know, because I'm all about fucking credibility. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, and we'll talk more about this. I know you and I have talked personally about that stuff, you know, that we know, you know, conspiracy bullshit and, and non-credible sources and fear-based bullshit. But this I can tell you for a fact. So Harvey and his brother Corky, they had a thing. They started out here. 
Harvey Weinstein did not grow up in the movie business, was not associated with it, to my knowledge, and actually was a small-time concert promoter here in Poughkeepsie. This is where we started off, right here in, in uh, the Hudson Valley. He and his brother, uh, and I used to hear it all the time on that you know radio station that you and I actually, you know, when you came down and we filmed those, those that morning show. Yeah. With that big, you know, the biggest fucking morning show in there, it's a PDH. So I used to hear it um, all the time that these guys were constantly had commercials with people, you know, that were doing whatever, Def Leppard, all the big band, whoever was coming through. And it was always Harvey and Corky and Austin Fagan. That was it. But those two guys, Harvey and Corky, the brother, the, the Weinstein brothers, were nothing but fucking music concert promoters. And they had no, and then all of a sudden Harvey came up with this idea. He's going to make a movie. And he did. And this one, Matt, this is one you got, I don't even know if it still exists, but his fucking movie, I worked on it for one day and I fucking left. It was in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. I was a fucking PA, a production assistant, yeah. low man on the scrotum pole. Okay. Uh -huh. Just keeping it real. And, uh, the, the movie, you ready for this, brother? The movie was called Playing for Keeps. And I think, and I'm really going back now, I think it had, who were those fucking those icons, those teen idols? Not Christy McNichol, but her brother. I think Jimmy, no, no, he didn't get the part. But anyway, the point is, some unknown guy got the part. But the movie was called Playing for Keeps. Yeah. It was shot in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, and it was like a kid flick, like a teen family channel movie. Yeah. And it was horrific. I believe it. He, and not only that, he was under, but he couldn't fucking pay. He was under budget. And then I heard a rumor. He was like, you know, I'm going to pay everybody what they're getting, you know, whatever the, you know, the, the rate is, the union or non-union or whatever he was supposed to pay. I'm going to pay that. But then everybody has to kick me back some of that money in cash under the table. Uh, that's true true story bro I believe that and a lot of people were like fuck you man you fucking don't know anything about movies yeah, we're fucking out of here and a lot of people were like yo I'm not even gonna do this I did I left but had, any, had everybody known that he was gonna be one of the biggest moguls in in Hollywood in the world they sure as hell probably would have kicked him back the fucking money just to stay in his scope. I don't know. But yeah, that's what he did. The movie came out. Harvey realized that he could not make a movie to save his life. And instead of getting out, which is even more interesting, to my knowledge, he was like, you know what? I'm not going to make movies. I suck at that. I'm going to go get all these interesting foreign films, and I'm going to buy the rights to them and distribute them in the United States. Leave the movie making to people that know how to do it. Yeah. And then I'm going to buy the rights, bring them over here. And sure enough, that, that cemented him. And then eventually, man, Merrimax became a thing. And he started fucking, you know, being the money guy, being the networker and making a lot of the greatest movies that have ever been made and providing us all with a ton of first-rate fucking entertainment, even though he had a little problem with sexual addiction and... uh being a bit of a scumbag, like I guess he was from day one when he was like, you know, y'all got to kick me back some of your salaries. <laughs> but I wonder if anybody from that set 
kicked back money and actually grew a good relationship with them and carried on into the big times. You know, they like to see every now yeah. and then, every now and then you hear those stories of uh, those heartwarming stories of people bringing other people with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, on the fucking on the pervy train. You know what I mean? I heard recently that he. Uh, he had his genitals were like mutilated. Like there was something up with his dick. Like it was like, what? like he was yeah. Like he was one of those dudes that got into like, shred like shredding on his dick like that. That it could just be hearsay throughout the thing, but um, just to, just to like bash him, you know, add insult to injury. But I want to say that I definitely heard these in the, the, the this discussion on it, and it was the way it was being discussed was in a way that it wasn't so much like a. It, it was believable the way they were talking about it, where it wasn't, um, you know how when you see somebody really pushing something, you can tell it's kind of fake, you know what I mean? Huh. It was like one yeah, of those, it was, it was yeah, wow. yeah, which would make That's, sense, kind of. I, uh, I tell you, man, I, I really, other than what I heard from credible sources, in regard to like his being a, a sexual perv, I never heard anything about that yeah. back in the day. Never heard one word about it. And I guess that makes sense because, I mean, he didn't get busted for it until fucking years later. There but was... then again, though, you know, it's very fashionable for every woman to come out and, you know, I mean, I know this is probably the worst thing I could ever say. But uh, not to condone, you know, mm-hmm. people violating women and, you know, the Bill Cosby thing where he was like, I don't exactly know how it worked out, but I think he was like, "You want some Jello Band, Jello Button? You want some Jello Band, Jello Pudding with a roofie?" That kind of thing. I don't exactly know, but yeah. that shit is fucking dark. Yep. But at the same token, you know, it seems like every era has like a fashionable thing to talk about. First, it was like before women started coming out, you know, and saying, "Oh, you know, I've been, I was violated. I was, you know, this happened or that happened." Before that, everybody and their mother, everybody and their father were molested by everybody and their father and their father's brother and their brother. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. Everybody was like, hey, man, I don't want to be left out of this. I, too, was molested. Now, as it turns out, I actually was molested as a kid. I never talked about it, and I certainly didn't jump on the, the, the mogul molestation fucking bandwagon. Mm. Where I was like, yes, man, actually, when I was young, and defenseless, you know, I had somebody tickling my testicles as well, and I'm still not over it. <laughs> like, this shit is awful, but, you know, it seems like, I don't know why anybody would want to air that stuff, you know, and come out and say that, I guess to get people talking about it so that we can bring light to the issue, maybe, you know, that's yeah. productive. But other than that, man, I mean, that shit is just like, you know, let's put obituaries on Facebook. You know, people love to do that. That's a yeah. fucking buzzkill. Yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. think, I think it has to do with that, with, you know, trying to help a movement. And uh, I think it's also therapeutic for some of these people, too, to kind of get it off their chest, you know what I mean? It's a lot it of, is, Matt. You know, you know, I agree with you there. And I guess until we start talking about it, then, you know, we can get to the bottom of it. But as someone that, that personally has experienced it, I certainly won't, wouldn't want to try to jump up in Hollywood and say, you know, hey, man, I, too, was a victim, you know, like that. I don't know, man. That's just not who I am, you know? No, I hear you. Yeah, but that's that's personal stuff, you know? And I know these days, I mean, you can get crucified for just saying the wrong thing. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Like, yesterday, I went down to a really nice, the Hudson River, a really nice park. 
And I was having a talk with this woman who obviously to me was, and I mean, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. You know, I try to find what the, the fun part or the good, you know, in anybody, man, so I can enjoy my interaction with them. And she seemed a little bit like a feminist and an uber Democrat, you know, one of the New York hipsters, you know, mm. would load it up with a man. And it's like, you know, and me being politically incorrect and, you know, being a mock star and a shock star, you know, I have sometimes trouble, you know, I can't navigate and be perfectly politically correct around these people because I've made a whole career out of devoting my life to not being that, you know, so, so one thing, I said one thing and it, and lit her fucking wick. And I said, you know, and, and I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not really pro or anti Donald Trump. I mean, at the moment, I think he's not, I think he's more of a businessman than a, than a, uh, than a commander in chief, certainly in the, in the era of a pandemic. Yeah. As illustrated by, you know, how he's handling the whole thing, in my humble opinion. But, uh, I'm not political. So I said one thing, but I was talking about how none of these, these Democrats or politicians or, you know, any of them, not Trump, not fucking Clinton, like I was trying to make a point to her. And uh, I'm, I know I'm getting a little ADD, but why the fuck not? You know, yeah, it's it. a pandemic going on, man. Yeah, we go with the flow, yo. There's no rules anymore, Wiggins. Every day is the same. Monday's a fun day, just like Sunday. So let me ramble. Let me cycle babble. We'll jump from subject to subject, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I said one thing. I meant to, to explain it. I was trying to make a point that uh, when Donald Trump made that remark that that. They jumped all over to try to derail his, you know, his run for the presidency where he said something like, those women, they love it when they grab their vaginas, some shit like that, you know. I tried to tell her that, you know, while Hillary Clinton was using that in their political debate and walking back and forth like she was in a courtroom, like an attorney, you know, saying, but you did obviously say those words, so obviously evidenced by that statement that came from your mouth on, on video, you obviously have no respect for women at all. Mm. Now, I didn't get to finish it with this woman. What I wanted to say was, and there, sitting right there, they kept looking at, at Bill Clinton's face while he's nodding his head like, yep, good point, Hillary. I'm like, once again, there's an elephant in the room Trump said, I love it when they grab their, you know, when I grab their vaginas. Meanwhile, he's probably never grabbed one. <laughs> he doesn't even drink. Yeah. But Bill Clinton, however, in the sacred Oval Office, was like, "Now this is a, this is an expensive Cuban cigar, but I'm willing to stick it in this intern's vagina just for a little bit, and then probably even puff it." Okay, you know what I'm saying? Who's talking about that? There's Bill Clinton going like, "You shouldn't have said those words, Donald." That was just plain downright disrespectful. And meanwhile, he's sitting there with Monica Lewinsky poking his cigar up her fucking G-string. Yeah. Not talking about the possibility of grabbing a vagina, but sticking some Cuban tobacco up into the room, in the middle of the room. So, I don't know, dude, it's all chicken cock and cuckoo to me, though. But this woman was like, I think we need to stop this conversation. Do you make remarks like that? Do you grab women's vaginas? And I was just thinking, I didn't want to say, well, not unless they want me to grab them and like they're, you know, got a little tingle in the Pringle. 
<laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, you know what? What is it? You know, uh, make your babes in the Bible bell wet. You know, I don't know, man. Yeah, if they're down to fuck, sure, I'll do it. But it's not like you know, I'm in a bus station. I'm just like, well, there's a goose for you. Sorry, you had a camel toe. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's fucking keep it real, bro. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but I really enjoyed telling the story. So this bitch was really upset, looked at me like I was a sexual predator, and I was looking at her like, bitch, you're lucky I'm talking to you. Would I hit that? Only with a backhand. I got no interest in banging your hippie, hipster ass with an old school, furry, 1980s bajay. It's not going to happen. But meanwhile, she looked at me like, you know, stop undressing with your eyes, you fucking pervert. And then she like, like pretty much ran back to her car as if I was going to chase her and keep trying to pinch her vagina while she was in transit. I don't really know, but it was, it was pretty fucking weird. So I just, but that's what's going on nowadays, man. There's so many fucking issues. So back to Harvey. Yeah, I guess he was a fucking scumbag that, you know, drug people and did all kind of shit. But on the flip side, I try to look at, you know, not be an optimist or a pessimist, but a fucking realist. Yeah. Okay? The truth is pure. It's as pure as the coke I used to get back in the day. Fish scale, yellow, good stuff. Got to keep it real. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, man, I'm sure couch casting has been going on since, you know, fucking the silent talkies were going on. But these days now, everybody's been molested. Now, now all the women have been violated. I had a video on uh, about the double standard and how men literally. And you know, once again, I have to preface this. I'm not about. I don't. Me personally, just so you really understand who I am, and I don't give a fuck what you think either way. You know, but I'll tell you this, man. I do not. Me personally, there's a flow to life, and there's a flow to intimacy and sexuality. And I do not touch a woman that does not want to be touched, okay? Mic drop. Mm. So that's me. But as I look at the gray area, you know, of what's happened out there in Hollywood, I can honestly say now that I really do think that in order for things to get normal, I guess we have to go over the top with it. And now, I mean, if you tell a woman she looks attractive at work, you're up for a sexual harassment suit, I mean, really? I mean, has it gotten to that fucking point? And I'm sorry, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the fucking vernacular I want to use, and I don't give a fuck what you think. You feel me? Because I'm here to evoke and provoke, but my, my, my fucking privilege will not be revoked because I'm on the air. Who's here? That's right. Sharing is scaring. <laughs> so I will just say it. I will just say it. At the end of the day, why do women get up in the morning I mean, why don't they just come out to work looking like Janis Joplin on a drinking bitch? They want to look nice. They they want to they go to work. They, wanna, they get up in the morning, they put their makeup on. They put clothes on them that accentuate their nice curves or hide their fat jowls. You know, they have big old, you know, fucking mother girth in the belly. Whatever the fuck they do, they're trying to look good. They look as good as they can look. What do we call that? Well, I know what I call it. They packaged a pussy to look good. Hello. Yeah, that's right. And they go to work, and they look really good. And then, you know, there's some guys walking around, 
and they're trying to do their job, but then they see a girl walking down the hall, and they're like, oh, my goodness, what was I just thinking? I'm, oh, my God, I'm supposed to go into this meeting. I'm supposed to recommend this 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 stock to the board. What the hell was the name of the stock? Because I got a tickle in the pickle. I can't stop looking at that woman. Oh, my God, she's bending over the water cooler, and I am having impure thoughts of the most pleasant nature. Yeah. Okay, but God forbid <clears throat> you should, you know, Reel it in and don't say anything that you couldn't say to your, you know, in front of your mom. So you say to her, hey, how are you today? You know, you look really beautiful today. I mean, you look great. This woman is like, he's looking at me as a sexual object. He, he is being rude. This is inappropriate. I'm here to do a job. I'm not here for your sexual gratification. I am not your eye candy. Well, damn, bitch, you sure look like a box of chocolates to me. <laughs> so it gets to a point where there's certain, you know, as long as, in my humble opinion, sexuality exists, a woman tries to look attractive. Why? The same reason a man tries to look good. To perpetuate sexuality and ensure that the human fucking race continues to exist. Mic drop. Boom. Yeah. Anybody want to fucking debate that? Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't hear the phones ringing. You know why, Matt? Why? Because there's no phones. I'm I just saying. But fuck them. Yeah. It's like when I, when I try to listen to everybody's opinion and be decent about things. But I'm an alpha male, you know? But I try to listen to everybody's opinion out of respect because they have a right to air their opinion. And then I decide to do what I was going to do initially but I have to at least let them expel some oxygen so they feel validated. So we don't need any phones here. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just saying, man. I'm with you on that. I mean, I've always thought of that was an interesting concept behind it, how they would, you know, they would dress the part. And I understand that people want to dress sexy and all that for, you know, for some, give them confidence, make themselves feel better type deal. Say, oh, I can really flaunt this type deal. I make this look good and all that. Um, and, yeah, like, when it comes down to a situation of somebody just giving a compliment, I always thought that was kind of whacked out how crazy it went. But we're in the, you know, we're in the triggered, the era of being triggered, like like that girl at the at, at the, the pond there that you were talking to that was freaking out about Donald Trump. Um, and, uh, like, the whole Me Too movement thing to go back to the Harvey situation. You know, it's 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 really a weird time. It's amongst all of this, like everything got really politically correct in the last like maybe five years or so. It's been slowly building since nine eleven, but like it's we've we've rounded off. I felt recently, but I think it's one of the. I think it's gonna eat. They went so hard with it that it's gonna like eat itself to survive because it like it's going around. You know eating up everything that it can that's related to the subject matter of what they're getting upset about. And um, it, it, it's gone to, like, almost crazy extremes where you'll hear weird stories of, yeah, like like you said, you uh, got somebody telling a girl, hey, you look really beautiful today, and that becoming sexual harassment. I think it's gone so far in the wrong direction that it's it, it has to kind of circle back around, like something... Yeah, it, 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 I agree you know, with you. It, it or, really... or, you know, these uber fucking, you know, the, basically, 
I mean, you know what, Matt? Oh, you know, because I mean, I, I love to, to, you know, go over the top of things. But at the end of the day, life really, my friend, is mostly common sense. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, these things that people hurl out into the universe are really metaphorical boomerangs. They come back and they hit you straight in the eye. Yeah. And all these women that are going, I would not, you know, like I went out on a date once with a woman that, that I actually, I said, I, I said, honey, are you okay? I mean, she looked like she had a massive headache and she looked at me and she goes, did you just call me honey? My, that's not my name. Call me by my name. Yeah. You know, I did a whole Facebook video about it where I was like, that's like if I was with my dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my buddies was like, yo, bro, you want another beer? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just call me bro? <laughs> I'm not a bro. We're not related. My name is Shane. And I want to be recognized and validated for who I am. I'm not just some bro. You know what? I'll get my own beer. Oh, yeah. That sounds pretty relaxed. That's a real day of light drinking. No? <laughs> like it just it's just gotten to the point where I'm going to cut right to the fucking chase because I am I am an interloper that's an interesting word it's cool everybody can look that up pop quiz get on Google Google is Latin for God just so you know Uh-oh. Is that it's true? not true I was going to say no. no it's not but I wanted to you know it's a Facebook fact that's all I'm going to say so at the end of the day the interloper is the outsider, the one that doesn't belong that looks in from the outside. I am an interloper. So when I see shit, I just call it for what it is. So, okay, if you want to run around, what it really is, man, it's it's what I call what we've become, the selfie society. Mm. That is my term, homeboy. We are the selfie society. Let's Let's not, you know, look at each other and enjoy the moment. Let's take a selfie. Let's post the moment. Let's be part of the media picture. Let's be part of the the canvas of what looks like it's going on to divert from what really could or would or should be going on. It's me. Let's take a picture of me. You know, speaking of me, I was molested. I was neglected. I was ignored. I didn't have the proper education. I wasn't given the kind of love and nurturing that maybe my parents should have given me but didn't. Mm-hmm. It, there's, it's such a bunch of me, me, me. And then, oh, this is why I love, this is why I get a fucking, this is why I get a tickle in a pickle. This is why I got wood. When it comes to the music and you get these fucking people, I hate them. Hate is a fucking foul four-letter word, but it feels good. It's like dropping a camel crap. I hate these motherfuckers. These these rock stars, as antiquated as leaded gas. And they sit up there, and they talk about themselves and and their, their, their experiences. They think, because they have the ability, as any artist, legit artist does, to transpose their perception of reality, their mores, their, you know, their experiences, what they've seen into their art form. But that doesn't mean you have the musical messiah complex where now that you can trans, 
you can transpose, you can, you know, your feelings, your perspectives, your politics, your experience, whatever, into your art form, that doesn't mean that it's your God-given right to impose your fucking opinions transposed in your music onto the rest of the world and call it recreation. Nigga, please. Yeah. We've been working hard all week. We don't want to hear you stop in between songs in the selfie society and say, hey man, thanks for coming out to see me. Oh, when he says the word me, the hairs on his scrotes stand up, you know? Yeah. I Let's see how many times I could say I in a fluid fucking narcissistic way under the guise of a performance. Let's see if I can do it. Well, hey, thank you for coming to see me, a.k.a. I. I, um, I, 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 that was five. I just, six. I just want to say, seven, that I just took a cross-country trip, eight, and, uh, I, 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 I that was like six stutters. That's <laughs> worked to like 17. I, I just couldn't, 18, 19, couldn't believe what I saw at this bus station where I just, you know, I just was taking in 1920. I was taking in 21, all of what I saw. And then I, I, I saw 24, this woman holding a child and she was suckling this child to her chest. And I, I just knew 27, I think that I had to write a song about this and I just want to share it with you. Okay, I think we're at 30 eyes before we actually got to the fucking song, which is called, it's called Swimming in the Dark. And, and you know, just to to really, you know, that I, I, I can empathize, let's call it 33. I can empathize four. I can empathize, I can empathize 36. We're capping at that. Sold! About this song about this woman that had been abandoned. And then he starts singing some shit <clears throat> on his guitar. And this is what you get to try to distract you from all of the shit you got going on in your life, man. Money problems, you got health problems in the family, one of, one of your friends is addicted to drugs, your girlfriend ain't giving you the love you want, your car's fucked up, your insurance is due, you're one week late on the fucking rent, you, you, and now this guy's gonna, this is it, Saturday night, and here's what you're gonna get. So here's the track. I see you woman standing by herself, with a baby at her breast, with no one there, you know, he, he's abandoned her and she's trying to do her best. And it breaks my heart to see you swimming in the dark, all alone out on her own, trying to make a brand new start. Don't you know that it breaks my heart? It's like, yo, it's breaking my heart too, man. Yeah. Bitch, if there's a drink minimum, I think you owe me another round, man, because this is not a Kodak moment. Yo, man, this is a Prozac moment. This sucks ass. I'd rather be at work. I just had to have that cathartic thing. I had to get that off my chest, brother. Yeah, I mean, what do you think of all these, like, uh, you know, celebrities uh, in the music and, and, and film field that go out and do all, like a like a Bono type deal who who thinks that his song's going to save the world. You think it's just an entitlement of uh, ego or you think that they actually really think they're trying to change Okay, the world? well, here it is. Here's what I think about Bono. Yeah. That motherfucker, his sound hasn't changed in 25 <laughs> yeah. years. Oh yeah, very overrated band. I always thought so. 
The only thing, here's what I have to say about Bono. All he does, he was back in the day. He's still whining. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, but here's what I have to say. If I have to sit in the room and listen to somebody whine for two hours at a clip, it better be my girlfriend. Okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is so fucking played. He's just like, he is just so pungently self-absorbed. If he is, thank you, Matt. He is the epitome of the fucking moronic musical messiah. Oh, God, I wish he could hear this. Yeah, I mean, if he sits there and like, you know, you know how I just let it hang the fuck out. Yo, I don't drop it while it's hot. We just, I drop it while it's not. Okay? Yeah. And I hope you don't like it. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, like this lady in L.A. said, I couldn't stand him. But he was so witty, so articulate, so insightful, so entertaining. I had a, a fascination with the abomination. I loved it. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I want to get back to bashing Bono. Okay. So, yeah. So, like, I remember one time, like, they were asking him, like, you know, so what was it like working with Sting? So he just sits back and like he just like he does this thing with his eyes like you know he's just trying to find the words you know it's like a big I don't know fucking psychological circle jerk with it it's like the the thing that analyzed this yeah you know where fucking Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal are going you know some you are good you're good no actually Paul not, I think you're good I really do I think you're good no 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 you're good well. <laughs> I, thank you, but I, I have to say, humbly speaking, I really think you're good. No, you're good. You're good. Believe me when I say you're good. No, you're good. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> fucking, um, you know, so Bono would say something like, um, or did say something like, well, working with Sting, I mean, Sting is a, he's, he's an icon. I mean, there's nothing that you can, I, I, I don't know if I can find the words. To, to express what it's like to work with a, a person like that of such, I mean, what is he really? He's a shaman. He's a showman. He's a shaman. He, he reaches deep. I mean, he's got a fabulous voice, as we all know. And I, it was, it was a, it, it, just a privilege to, to work with the man and, and on a, on a personal, he's a very good man as well. Very good man, you know? And, uh, I think if I could put the caption in there and finish it. And really, at, at the end of the session, I mean, I wanted to give him a big hug. And probably just suck his cock. For real. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's fun being me, brother. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah. So I really do think that's uh, that's what that's Bonnick. I don't know. He puts the gay in Gaelic. That's all I got to say. Yeah. You know, speaking of you two, is there anything more douchebaggy than calling yourself the Edge? Uh. <laughs> the Edge. I don't know. I would like to call him maybe like, I don't know, maybe Bono could say something like, you know, like, hey, edgy, Bono edgy. You know, I don't really know, bro. Yeah, that's just, that right there is the epitome of, you know, I'm the shit. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the personification of the edge. I am the edge. I am the precipice. My music I sit there and I, I stood on one chord probably for 30 seconds at a pedicrate. Yeah. 
white shade. Every now and then I'll change a chord. Yeah. But you've got to admit, I take it. When I do the way I pluck the fucking strings, it's, it's really, it's very edgy. Very edgy. I don't like to change chords much because I've been drinking, but it's very awesome. And I personify the whole thing of the edge. You can have an edge, but I am the edge. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm no, I guess I'm no holier than that. The only difference is I don't take it seriously. When I do it, it's a fucking joke to me. Like when, you know, when people say like, Shane, you are just a man. Reel it in. And I say, I am not a man. Then they're like, why? Are you transgendered? I mean, what are you? Because this is 2020. I mean, what's going on? Are you taking hormones for tits? No, I don't mean that. I am not a man. I am the man. Okay? Yeah. And then people say stuff like, Jesus Christ, Shane, this one girl said to me, you are, you are so confident. I wish I had your confidence. I said, the truth is, I'm really not confident. There was like five, six people at that picnic table all drinking beer. And she was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I mean, I don't know that I agree or disagree with what you say, but you are probably the most confident person I've ever met. I said, no. I, you know, I would say I'd like to beg to differ, but I wouldn't dare beg. Uh, but I'm not. And she said, how can you say that? And I could, I said to her, well, because confidence is a watered-down rendition of cocky. I'm cocky. I'm way, way, way past confident. Confident is a, is a hipster, yuppie word. Yeah. I've surpassed that by far. I was confident when I was in high school. Now I'm downright motherfucking cocky, okay? That's what I told her. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> the difference between a shock star and a rock star is I'm here to... to not to sweep my dirt under the rug, but to rip the carpet up and let you see all the shit people are sweeping under there so, so their carpet looks good. I'm not, my ego really is not invested in this. I derive a sense, not of identity from what I do, but a sense of fulfillment and sometimes purpose from what I do. I just want to be good at it. Yeah. But I don't want to be greater than anything I am. I don't want to be greater than the soul that, that, that God put here in, a, in an infant child. The answer is simple. As lovers smiled, to live by the rhythm of the breath of a child. That's one of mine, by the way. And uh, I just want to keep it simple. So the difference between me when I say all this shit is that I'm trying to evoke or provoke a response to get you thinking, to, 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 to rip you out of your comfort zone and make you reframe the shit that is in a template that really is is very one-dimensional. Yeah. I'm not trying to make it two-dimensional or three-dimensional. Bitches, I'm trying to make it a motherfucking a hologram. Who put the holy in holy grand? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's a shock star. I want to shock you out of your fucking reality, rock you like hell, make you laugh. Laughter is the tickling of the soul, a.k.a. the ultimate expression of joy, and we need that in a in a... I don't know. This is not a pandemic. It's a goddamnic. You know, it just it sucks. Yeah. You feel me? I'm with you. So the difference between me and a guy like Bono is that he takes himself too seriously. See, when I'm done with my shtick, man, yo, I don't think about anything. I don't think like, I've done God's work. This is what I was put here on the planet to do, to, to teach, to minister, to bring 
perpetuate righteousness, positivity. I mean, next to Jesus, there's Bono. I hate that. I hate that dog, man. I'm just gonna give my motherfucking my motherfucking cat a belly rub, and he kisses me on the nose, and I'm like, yo, life is good. I think I'm gonna go get some milk and cookies, old school. <laughs> I don't take this shit seriously. I don't fucking care. Yeah. I am here to tear up the motherfucking rug. I am the thug that rips up the rug where they hide the drug. Boom. Yeah. I'm going to crack another beer. Is that okay? That's cool. Yeah. All right. but just to let people know, this is only my... I drank one, two. This will be my two and a half beer. Okay. Hey, by the way, man, since I'm doing this, and uh, I don't know, and by the way, please, Matt, you know, we go back a long way, you and me, so if you want to steer me in a different direction, you can, uh, you don't have to be subtle like, you know, someone's here, but let, let's get back to this other thing. Just say, like, you're wigger, man. You're way out of control, man. Let's let's bring it back on it. Let me just ask this other thing. Just let's not curve it. Let's not tweak it. Let's do a motherfucking 180, like if you remember what the segment was about. We on the same page, homie? You can say it like that, too, and I'll be like, yeah, thank you. That was firm but fair. <laughs> yeah, I like where we're going. You know, the Bono thing, that's what you get. You Bono's what you get when people tell you that your voice cures cancer for like 30, 40 years. That ego that, that's built up, that energy, that aura around... Uh, yeah, I can't think of another entitled uh, artist, uh, artist out there. You know, Billy Joel from Green Day. Green Day was a band that was... When they started, I remember when their their Dookie album, that was the album that changed everything for them. I remember when that dropped, and that was right at my time, uh, you know, in school and all that, when I could really see how massive that album was, and, you know, great album, you know, I'm a fan fan of Green Day, but they, they got so political, like, towards, like... Uh, around yeah and you know the same thing you can say for the beastie boys which we've talked about before a lot of uh, you know ba- before they kind of disappeared um when one of them passed you know they were uh, big into the the the, mon- the tibetan monks and stuff and i know that they was like after every song they would like stop and talk about the tibetan monks you know at, during like tours and yeah i've heard people say stuff like that before about it. it's like yeah you know I know this is something that you you're you're big on. It's like you go you work all week to go to a show, and then you're at a show, and half the show they're just talking about whatever cause that they're trying to push, and it's like, oh man, I just yeah. want to fucking give them all an atomic wedgie when they do that yeah. shit, bro. Yeah, I don't blame you. Do they not understand? I mean, you know, I try. I really try to stay out of politics unless I really just want to throw somebody under the bus for something they said. But at the end of the day, I'm not here to champion a court. If I'm going to do that, I'm not going to do it at one of my shows. Yeah. Hey, man, you're not Jesus, bro. You know, we're, we're entertainers. We're here humbly to use whatever gifts or talents that we've developed that God gave us, aptitudes, and use them to do whatever it is we're supposed to do, to entertain people, not to try to convert people to our political views or save people, you know, because we know the answers, when in reality, the shit we've singing about today in two years, we're like, yeah, wow, I was in a weird place back then. 
you know, I don't feel that way anymore. Give me a fucking break, man. Life is ever constant, you know, change. So, yeah, these people with the Masaka, if you're going to do a show, all you should be focusing on is using your abilities to the best of you, of, you know, that you can to entertain the people that you're lucky enough, you know, to have their attention and to earn it, to earn it, to keep it. Don't be self-entitled. You know, I'm sorry, man, if, you know, one of your fucking, if your girlfriend got breast cancer or whatever the fuck it is, hey, man, so did, you know, my sister's fucking, you know, whatever. My, my buddy's fucking girlfriend had it too. But I'm not going to, like, come out as the chef in the restaurant and say, I hope everyone's enjoying your dinner. I know you came out for a good time. I just want to want you all to remember that, you know, my mother just died of breast cancer, had to have both her breasts lobbed off, and uh, it was a pretty bloody ordeal. By the way, is your steak medium rare, or is it still a little too pink on the inside? Don't fucking you know say it. Keep it real. If someone comes to your restaurant to eat, don't put a little thing on the napkin that says, and by the way, people are dying of AIDS. You know what I mean? Little, uh, today we put a little garlic in the chicken breast to dedicate to the people with breast cancer. <laughs> exactly. We decided that, you know, every breast of chicken we serve is, uh, you're going to have a, uh, a scalpel to cut it with as opposed to a uh, steak knife. Just to let you know how grisly, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, uh, you know, having a breast removed can be. A mastectomy, I think they call it. Just a mastectomy. I, I don't even fucking know. Yeah, I'd be like, nigga, please check. Check, please. That's it. We outie. Let's go to Pizza Hut. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, you go there and, you know, the fucking the bus boy comes out. He brings you a, here's that side of extra tomato sauce. And by the way, speaking of this <laughs> thick red sauce, I'm actually having my period now. I'm having a rough time. So if you feel like contributing any more money to my tip, Yep. It would be much appreciated because I'm bleeding like a crime scene victim. But here's your extra red, bloody tomato sauce, you know? Yeah. This fucking time and a place, I say the same thing. That's why I really do feel that, you know, the ego sometimes, man, can be the uh, the pollutant of the spirit. Keep oh, it great. real. Yeah. You know, there's an expression. You know, there's, what is it? Was it Sartre that said it or that, that or, or no, it was Rodin, I think. But there's that 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 sculpture of the person sitting down with the you know the elbow on the knee and the the fist under the chin and he said and it says I think therefore I am. I like that. Unfortunately, some asshole in the year 2020 changed that to I think therefore I'm right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I have big issues with that man because I you know. I don't have the Messiah complex. Do you want to know of all the things about God? All of them. There is only, and I'm putting this in my screenplay, there's one line. There's only one thing that I truly, absolutely know. Not I believe, I feel, I have faith, I hope, I pray. I know one thing. You know what it is? What? I'm not him. Okay, Thank you. I'm not God. That much I know, bro. I'm not him. Well, that's an important, okay. that's an important the rest thing. of it is all speculation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. With, 
with those bands. I mean, if you want to dedicate a song or whatever, that's cool. I mean, then, then you know, playing it out too much is a uh, you know a killer. Why do you think that they take that stance? Is because they 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 feel like they've worked up this big audience of people that love them so much they're going to let them say whatever they want to do and they want to so bask in the, the ego of it? Or you think that they're actually, you know, uh, taking the time and honestly believe in their heart that their song is curing something? I think, I think they let it get to their head and either their internal voice says this or someone close to them says this and guilts them into doing it. And this is what's said. You know, you didn't get to this place just by your own talent. God helped you get here. I mean, do you understand that that your career, this platform you have, man, this is way bigger than just you. You're in a position to change the world. <clears throat> You're in a position and have a responsibility to shape the consciousness of people in a positive way. And bro, if you're not part of the fucking solution, you're part of the problem. And hey, don't bogart that joint, man. I, I pay for this week. Give me a hit of that, man. Thank you. And seriously, man, you were put on this planet, man, to change things, man. I don't think we should do another record about, you know, when we were on tour and all those hoes we fucked down in Tennessee, I think we should do a record about what makes a hoe become a hoe and get them deep, man. Here, puff this, bro. This is fucking killer. What is this, man? This is great. Belladonna? Okay, duly noted, man. Yeah, I hit that again. Yeah, man, we got to go into the studio, and I think we should do the record in Jerusalem, man. Where, oh, where the whole fucking shit popped off. Yeah. You know, sounds like Wayne's World. And the other guy's like, yeah. oh, that would be cool, man. But I, I think we should do it in Jamaica where they have really good weed. Man, we should go to Columbia where the Coke is really cheap. You know, yeah, man, maybe we should do all three locations. We'll do a song in every one of those places to pay homage to the culture, man. And we'll, and we'll tell the world about what's going on there, man. We will be the best of the fucking people. Now let's um let's go to the strip club, man. Ah, right, yeah, yeah, man. I'm feeling really amped up. Okay, there you go. That was like fucking spinal crap. Okay, bro. <laughs> I love it. That should have been a scene in the movie, bro. For real, right there. I like it. The difference between the shock star, no, the rock star, the shock star, the mock star, and the cop star. Boom. I'm a penis, one smart prick, fucking with the planet, damn it. Kite drop, boom. Judaism is on the floor. Woo! <laughs> I told you, man, we got to do that fucking, that, uh, that cockumentary, penis, one smart prick. Yeah. I told you. I'm down. Once the COVID's gonzo, we'll, we'll start working things back in. I want to uh, I want to jump back into the Me Too movement real quick. I mean, I think the Me Too movement was one of those things that, you know, probably started in maybe uh, a positive or righteous reason. But then, as with everything, it got exploited, and you're okay. seeing more people. I felt like you're probably seeing more people that were bandwagon, you know, jumping on. And the real victims, I think, 
like you said earlier, they're 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 not they don't want to go out on Front Street and be all over the news about it. You know, like the real people. I I felt that the the people that got got the worst of that situation was the people that actually had to deal with the real shit. And now there's a bunch of, you know, clowns, if you will, running around saying, you know, well, me too, this or that, or I was on this, you know, I was here and, you know, they said I looked real sexy in my outfit and shit like that, like, and just exploiting, like, what real, the, the, the real people that went through all that tra- traumatic shit. Um, what's your opinion on that? Well, I think, uh, once again, man, it stems back to... Uh, Two things. Yeah. One is that, and I, I love this. I love the word sheeple. Yeah. I didn't make it up. I wish I had, but I, it really resonates with me. And I think uh, people really have a, a a a need to be part of the herd. I feel like you know a feeling like we belong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of it, you know. And also the the idea that uh, everybody's so self absorbed, you know. Why should I talk about the fact that you were molested? I want to talk about the fact that I was molested. Yeah. You know, what about me? I've heard your story. Now it's me. You know, like the kind of person that you're talking to and you know in your gut that they're not listening. They're just waiting for you to finish your thought, not because they heard or care about what you said, because they're waiting for the, for the, for what's truly important in this this conversation. Their turn to talk about them, which is really important. You're not important, and I think, you know, like, and you just know, like they're waiting for you to stop talking so they can talk, and it's the same shit. Like, you know, they've heard your story, but what about me? Okay, you were molested. Oh, that's so horrible. Meanwhile, inside they're thinking, all right, how many times do I have to say this before I can, I can talk about what's really important? Is not that you know you got boned by an uncle at twelve years old, but you know that I was you know, touched by a boyfriend at 16 when I wasn't sure I wanted to have sex that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Just a bunch of shit. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to, you know, try to be, it's one thing to provoke or evoke, you know, and, and spur controversy, but I don't want to be inflammatory. And I, you know, every now and then I do have to just, you know, preface something by saying, yeah. having been, you know, molested myself, and, you know, as you can see, I'm not trying to draw this into my own personal experience. That's between me, the person that did it, and God. Right. You know, and, and I don't need to, I don't know, jump up and be on the, you know, the molestation wagon. You know, I don't want to be there, man. I'd rather people focus on what good I can bring to the table and not hit the, you know, I always say, man, if the DVD sucks, man, why do you keep hitting the rewind button? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, so I like to, you know, I mean, if there's something constructive to say, I'll, I'll be a little more frugal with my time and energy in regard to this. But yeah, anytime that a child or anyone is violated, it's fucking disgraceful and it's horrible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, it needs to be dealt with. But I don't think it needs to be sensationalized or it has to become a media trend or even can I say sadly almost fashionable that's when it becomes it demeans you know the actual horror of it and it becomes a fiasco and it's disgraceful yeah you know these kind of things are very personal and if they do need to be talked about 
you know, only to the extent that, you know, we need to, to address it to eradicate the problem. But to jump on public television, I don't know. I guess if I was to say it, this is, you know, my two cents is 98 more cents, okay? If I were ever to use my platform to bring to light a cause, I might do it. I might, but I might do it like this, you know, I might try to minimalize it in, in a less is more and just say, actually, you know, when I was a child, as it turns out, I was molested once by a babysitter. It was horrific. It's alienating. It's very hard. And, uh, I think all of us as parents need to be a little more alert about not being so trusting, you know, as far as who we allow near our children. But other than that, you know, the healing process is very personal and very private. Yeah. And it's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to entertain you. But, you know, since, you know, fucking a million people are watching, I figured I would I would mention it. But, you know, I'm not going to dwell on it because, as I said, people, if the DVD sucks, I'm not about to hit the rewind button. Yeah. So let's, let's throw it in the recycle bin and pop on a comedy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's about as far as I'd go, man. But I wouldn't be like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on a show to get into it. Out, yeah, to out myself as a person that was molested, how it affected me, how old I was, who knew, why didn't they say anything? Let's, let's just, you know, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's just disgusting, bro. You know. Uh, but that, you know, that's my, that's my spiritual, you know, approach to the whole thing, man. I would, uh, yeah, if I thought it could do some good, I would, I would mention it, but I certainly wouldn't make it the crux of the interview or the focal point of an appearance. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, cause at the end of the day, man, I don't answer to anybody. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. You know, I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. I could give a shit less. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, I'm a fucking shock star. What's the worst? The worst. The worst thing you say about me, the more publicity I get. Have at it. What do you think you're gonna do? Besmirch my reputation? Yeah. <laughs> you're just rolling right into my spider web, you fly. What's buzzing, cousin? <laughs> Talk about me. Get upset about me. React to me. What did I evoke or provoking you? Oh boy, I did my job. It's all about me now. I'm on to something else, and you still throwing my publicity out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving my cat a belly rub, and you're on Facebook blowing my name up. I fucking love it. And you ain't even getting paid. That's a Jewish fucking mitzvah, a blessing. I'm with it. I'm right on. The mitzvah. Are you familiar with Asia Argento by, by any chance? I know that name, but for some reason, you're going to have to refresh yeah. me, and maybe I'll be like, actually, no, I think that was a stripper I knew. But go ahead. It is a great stripper name. So Asia Argento is the daughter of famed Italian horror director Dario Argento, very known for, you know, his stylistic um, films. He's been called the Italian Hitchcock back in his day and stuff. Hmm. So long story short, she was, you know, film royalty. He was actually film royalty, you know. Um, he's kind of the more well-known, but his, he had people before him and his family in the, in that, in the film business of Italy. Um, 
But uh, yeah, long story short is when you know the Me Too movement kind of popped off. I, Asia Argento was one of the actresses that came forward and um, <clears throat> accused Weinstein of all his you know, debauchery, and um, she it, there was a hip, very hypocritical stance came out because she she was then discovered this was kind of like the, the 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 turning point i felt in the me too movement where she was one of these people that were pushing it but then they found out that she was having an affair with uh an actor a uh, young actor she she's like in her 40s i think the actor is now 18 um he was going to come out and um kind of i guess he had he had like uh I'll speculate. I don't know for sure, but I believe he had evidence that there was a relationship there. And she was like, she's been grooming him. She met him on set when he was like 14. And oh my she's God. She's been grooming him. And I think, I, I believe that they had a relationship since, you know, that time. And the Italy, Italian people love him to death, but they have, I think they have different rules about, um, you know, certain things and maybe, Maybe sex and statutory rape might be one of those things that they don't really uh, care about crossing the line on. But the interesting thing about her is that when this stuff, you know, you know, Anthony Bourdain was her, her, I think, boyfriend at the time or ex-husband, the famous, oh. the famous cook that, that, that hung himself up, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, after that whole ordeal, it came out that, you know, he, he tried to... You know, the kid came forward and said, hey, I'm going to release all this info about what she did. And I guess he well, he put up a bunch of money to pay the kid off. Um, Anthony Bourdain? Anthony, Anthony Bourdain did because it was his woman. And um, I guess he was, like, madly in love with her. But she was, like, it, it, that age gap again, I want to say he's he was in his 60s and she was in her 40s. So she was still kind of running around in the streets doing what she wanted to do. And I think he fell in love with her, and a lot of people think that that, that whole situation's what put him over the edge when he killed himself. Um, but yeah, like there's a, and then the, the hypocrisy of her that situation kind of, I think that really started because uh, you haven't really heard of the Me Too movement really in a little bit. I know everything's COVID, 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 but like the Me Too thing was starting to slow down, and it goes into that whole thing where eventually. It'll eat itself. Eventually, it can't withstand. It needs it needs a, a, a bad guy almost. You know what I mean. And once once you've kind of opened all those doors, there's really no other doors to open. And then it kind of has to go back and eat itself because there's nothing else to eat. But I was mm. curious of your opinion on that. Um, you know, well, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I enjoyed hearing the story. I mean, it just sounds to me like classic fucking hypocrisy i mean if i was gonna you know run the piece you know i would call it you know something like you know italian director hitchcock his daughter is a bitch cock you know something like that you know what a bunch of shit you know so uh well just the fact that you know she was fooling around maybe with a guy that was 14 yeah. And is you know coming off all fucking you know holier than now, and you said what she was another one that jumped out and said you know Weinstein she, tried to poke me with his deformed testicles yeah, or something. She, she was is that one, the deal? Yeah, she was one of the big ones that came out. And um, big wig, small dick. 
I got it. Uh, well, so she was another one. Well, you know, it's great. I mean, I guess you want my honest opinion. I think that course. people are uh, selfishly motivated yeah. and that their egos are fucking just like rabid dogs. And uh, I think you put those things together and you get a woman that, you know, wanted to be in the limelight. Maybe, you know, maybe fucking, uh, you know, like I said, it's all common sense. So if maybe she was angry that she didn't get a fucking part in a movie that, you know, he had, or maybe one day, you know, they were at a, at a fucking meeting and, uh, you know, something went south and he said, wow, you're beautiful. You're, you're a hottie. Yeah. And she was like, he's sexually, is that the verbal assault? It was a sexual harassment. It felt like a violation. He is a fucking predator. I get so bothered. I'm sick to my stomach. This old man want to poke me with his crazy form of bargonads. I wanted to go back and to be healed in the, in the, the, the arms of my 14 year old lover who's a nutsack is in the perfect condition and not even to have a hair on it yet. There you go. That's where I see life. Okay, bro. You know. Yeah. And he needed to hold me. I need to feel his child essence to get in touch with my inner child. Because of Weinstein, look at me. He look at me like he wanted, like I am a hot dog bun and he is a hot dog and he wanted to put it at the squirt. He's a, he's a master down to me. And he eat me. <laughs> I love it. There you go. That's a bitch cock if I ever heard one. Yeah, and Weinstein. Yeah, I don't know. Why would he do that? I mean, if the bitch didn't need any publicity or anything else, Gives a fuck. Like he was trying to protect her, and then after he died, she came out and said she like said some like shady shit about Bourdain. If I if I remember correctly, about how well I never told him he, that he he should never have given. Like she was trying to make herself look good in this situation because they found out that Bourdain gave the kid money, so she was trying to be like. No, no, never. It never happened. He, he never should have get like. He never should have given him any money, type deal. When like in reality, dude, he was like paying the dude off to try and respect and keep the, yeah. keep some respect for his woman, type deal. And the Weinstein thing, I definitely think Weinstein was a scumbag with these chicks. But yeah, I yeah. think you know all the ones that we know that have names and careers. I think those ones were like more probably the PG version, where it was like, hey. Hey, uh, you know, you know, if you're in this, you fuck me, I'll put you, you know, you'll be starring in your own, you'll be starring in a movie for the Academy Award nominated movie next year, which, yeah, I can see that. But I feel like the women that we don't know, those actresses or crew that don't have names in the public, I think those are the ones that probably had to do the worst shit. And we're not hearing mm. their stories. Like, I feel like those are the ones that really, really have those horror stories. You know what I mean? Not so much just, uh, hey, if you want a movie, you should fuck me. But one, the ones that actually had to probably fuck him and and do all types of uh, things nobody want to do to that. He's a troll, dude. He's like Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, he's like a fucking know, troll, man. Well, I mean, I hear you, and uh, I, you know, once again, man, I have to stay true to you know to my my code of ethics or the way yeah. I roll, man. And uh, I think with all of the publicity that's out there, mm -hmm. yeah, it sounds to me, even though I don't know, but with that many people coming forward, it sounds to me like he did some shady shit. Yeah. 
But in my, in my, I say again, in my own humble opinion, you know, I, I just got to call it like I see it. If these women, you know, he can be a predator and say, look, if you want this role, you know, this is what you need to do. You need to clean pop a pipe. <laughs> but hey, man, if you know, hey, bitch, if plumbing on an old geezer with a deformed nutsack is not your thing, it sounds like you just need to keep going to auditions. You don't need to get down on your knees and do anything. It's not like he had a gun to their fucking heads. Yeah. I'm sorry, man, but my opinion is couch casting, as I said before, has been going on since the beginning of the fucking thing. I mean, the women have always, you know, men, women have, have always in some way, sometimes women have chosen to use their sexuality as a tool to get what they want mm -hmm. across the board. And why should show business be any different? I'm sure there are women that threw themselves at directors and said, I'll, if you want some real fun, you give me this part and I'll give you this. Of course. Yeah, so just because Weinstein, if you ever took pictures and looked at pictures of this motherfucker, it wasn't his personality and his looks that was getting women. Yeah. It was his, I mean, this is my opinion, it was his money and his power in Hollywood. That's how he, power was getting the pussy. So sure, he probably used it and wanted to fuck some of the hottest chicks in Hollywood and knew that he had this bargaining chip. But to me, that is fine. That's a form of prostitution. Yeah. That's two consenting adults entering into yeah. a conversation that says, hypothetically, hey, I'm a, a fucking pudgy old homely man with a sexual addiction and you're a hot young budding star. There's no way I would ever get, you know, any kind of sex with you. Unless either you were putting it out there for money or I had something you really wanted and I could leverage it. And that's what this motherfucker did. He said, look, you know, if, if, if this was the way it was and he said, look, if I, you know, if I give you this role, you satisfy me. And she was like, okay, that is no more, you know, shady than a fucking basic prostitution deal. I'll give you a hundred dollars. You don't like me. I don't like you. I need you to give me sex. Here's some money. You don't like me. You need the money. I don't like you. I need the blowjob. Let's get her done. <clears throat> That's all that was on another level. However, where it gets disgusting is if these women did not consensually agree to whatever he was offering to forward themselves. One is two consenting adults. Yeah. The other is the Bill Cosby Jello brand Jello pudding for non-consensual females. The one with the extra ingredient that they didn't put in that he added. The roofie. If this motherfucker was drugging women, putting things in their drinks, and and taking advantage of them while they were either semi-conscious, semi unconscious, but were unwilling, then that motherfucker has to go to jail. Because he's violating our sisters, our friends, our mothers, all the women in society. Yeah. That's the fucking difference. If it's a, a consensual business arrangement, you get on the couch, I cast you, then, you know, all we're doing is we're making an example of Harvey. But if it's fucking him doing shady shit like slipping things in people's drinks, drugging people, 
that would not have consensually entered into this thing, that is a whole different fucking level. That shit, if that's the case, then that motherfucker needs to be behind bars. Yeah, I mean, with the bigger stars, I think it was more of that prostitution type deal, but there there was certain situations where he, you know, held, like, literally held girls down and raped them. Um, So, like, and those, I think, are the ones that were, didn't have names or the power yet, you know what I mean? Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I met Harvey way back in the day, briefly. Mm-hmm. And you've seen pictures of Harvey later in life, more currently, when around the age that he was accused of doing this. Yeah. Now, I'm just going to keep it real. This is not how it should be. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how it is. Without a weapon, do you think that Harvey Weinstein, at his age, with his with his physique could have held down a 24-year-old girl at the peak of her physical potential. Well, I'll say this. Uh, he, he, he's been doing it for decades, supposedly. But e- even, in a, even in its final stages, I think this, I think you approach a girl that is, would, would kill to be famous in Hollywood and have a career, and you say, you know, hey, I'll give you everything if you just let me fuck you. And then you start to move yourself on her. I feel like in her head she's already got that 50-50 of, should I just do it for a career or should I not do it? And then now you have this guy kind of muscling in on you and it's almost like you just kind of give in a little bit, you know what I mean? I think it's more of one of those. Not, you know, and you know, now he's on top of you. And you could scream and say, no, stop. Or you could give him a couple minutes, let him finish up and get a career. And I think that a situation like that's the situation, and it just, things just never panned out. I think I think he probably just. I think the whole issue with it is that he was doing this shit and, um, lying. Uh, he probably was, a lot of lying was yeah. probably being done to these girls. Where they, I agree, they would do. I agree, it, Matt. They would do it and think that okay, I did this. I did this terrible thing. Uh, it made him happy. Now he's going to return the favor and help me with my career, and then. He just said, "Hey, I, you know, I came, I came, I conquered him out, and then like that was it." Literally, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, well, you know, once again, though, keeping it very real. Yeah. Now we're talking about our opinions, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you, I, I believe this is just my opinion. Yeah. I believe you're right, but that don't mean shit. But I do believe it, and I believe you're right because hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. She she gave up, you know, the holy grail. Right. She was like, yo, I'll, give, I'll let you poke my pussy. But then I want, I don't just want $100. I don't want you to pay my rent for a month. I want to be a star. He was like, yeah, you got it. You know, no, I'll tell you, my word is gold. Just let me slip it in. Yeah. And then he does his thing. And as you so eloquently put, which I think should have been the fucking, the news, uh, the article, I came I can, what was it? I came, I went, and I conquered. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking perfectly, man. Um, but yeah, I think I personally think you're right. I think he probably used his power, his power, and his status in Hollywood to lie to a bunch of women who wanted to believe that if they gave him some pussy, that this in the long run, man, this would be a fucking a life changer. Yeah. And then he was like, "Yo, I don't even remember." I, did I say that to you? Oh, man, I don't remember. No, shit, don't. No, tell her not to call the office. You know what? She's at the front. Get security. Drag her out. Yeah. Now she's like, he he raped me. 
Now, it wasn't, maybe it wasn't rape, but she's going to say it was because she feels powerless. She feels violated, like you said, and she feels scorned, and now she's got a chance to get back at this motherfucker because he didn't deliver. That's what I think those things were. But once again, I've got to jump back and say, I am not defending Harvey Weinstein. I don't know what the fuck he did, but I'm just saying, in my opinion... I don't think he was able to physically force women like that without slipping some drug into them. He's an older guy. He's a pudgy, fat little fuck. These women could have beat the shit out of him. Hit him in the nose, poked him in the eye, kicked him in the balls, hit him with a fucking beer bottle. Yeah. I mean, when you're 20-something years old and you're quick and you're agile and you got a fat fuck laying on top of you, who probably wasn't, you know, didn't get any cardio exercise. It was probably done fucking in two minutes. You probably could put a real hurting on him, okay? I'm just saying, life is mostly common sense. So everything I say, in my humble opinion, I think that the real crimes were from people that he drugged to have his way. That would be, in my, like I keep saying, in my opinion, the only way that a man in his shape and his size, his demeanor, could have had his way with those women. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way. There had to be something, like I said, something to level the playing field, something to make them unable to fight back. Like I said before, whether they're semi-conscious, woozy, disoriented, or unconscious. Yeah. But I, I think that he was doing the same thing that I guess they proved that Bill Cosby was doing, which was slipping Mickey's into fucking women's drinks. And then it was like shooting fish in a barrel, man, you know? Yeah. And for that shit, that's just straight up, I mean, it's poisoning. It should be like attempted murder and rape. Mm. You do that to a woman, man, you just, you have fucking relinquished your rights to walk amongst other people. You're a fucking predator. You're, you're an attempted murderer. You just got to be in a cage or better yet, you know, why pay $50,000 a year to hold these motherfuckers, you know, and make sure that, you know, they're fed and clothed, and if they have a dental issue, you know, they get a cavity filled. I don't know, man. You want to save some money? One five-cent piece of lead yeah. right in the back of their head. A five-cent piece of lead in the back of their head, and you dead. Wigger, you dead. Yep. That's what's up with that. I don't even think you should. If he did that shit... This motherfucker should be in a ditch for fucking with a bitch. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've been saying it for years. I think they should treat rape like murder because, I mean, I, I know I've known a good a good amount of people that have been through it, and a, pe a piece of people die when you when you do that to, when you forcibly, you know, like it, 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 like rape, like real, like real rape. Not you. Yeah. You should do you should do this for a better part, but real rape, like. I know people that never came back from that stuff. You know what I mean? And it, it I do. Through, it, I do. It's like it's it's like murder, but you're still alive in some situations. You know what I mean? And uh, it's really fucked up. Yeah, you're right. I had uh, two girlfriends that were raped, and uh, I'm here to tell you, man. As a guy that tries to get close to them and experience intimacy with yeah. women that have been through that, it's it's very frustrating very heartbreaking very angering you know you want to fucking what retribution against the guy that did this as you grow to love them 
and uh, also you feel like you know I'm paying the price to some degree for what I you know I didn't do anything. I'm a good man, yeah. but I have to basically navigate. I have to tiptoe around her trauma. Right, and I've been there. I've been there. I've been there twice. So when you ask me, do I know? I do know. And it's fucking horrible. I won't elaborate, but uh, I got both their stories. And I had to sit there and listen while they, you know, while they basically both bared their souls. And I had to see how it affected them. And it was painful, man. Painful for me. I can't even imagine what it was like for them. And I had to deal with that, man. I had to I had to pay the fucking tab for a dinner I didn't order. You know what I'm saying, man? It's good though because you know somebody has to eventually. I think as part of, a part of their healing process. You know, I think that that they can't really strike out at the person that did it. So, like, you know, you just it's it's one of those things that for that person you kind of take that hit. You know what I mean? Like, you'll you know you'll you'll take that because you 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 know. They're stuck with it. They have this this massive monster within them of of of, of just you know bad energy and sadness of what mm. happened. And like the only way to let that stuff out is to let it out. You, you know to bottle it up is cancerous. yeah cancerous yeah. yeah. So like yeah, it, it's weird. But yeah, yeah, rape rape is. It, but then you go into the whole thing with like uh, there'll be girls that'll claim rape and it. it never happened you know they were embarrassed or they may, they re- regretted their decision and then they want to call it rape after the fact which is I, right. think, I think the fine for that there should be a bigger fine for that like i don't even think there really is much of a, 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 a disciplinary action done against that because you hear shit like that all the time and it's like if if they maybe you got to have a good you got to get but then again justice is blind sometimes and like yeah. You gotta. It's weird. It's such a weird thing because, like, yeah, there could be people lying on both sides. It could be the girl lying or the guy lying, and it's like you really. I think you really need. They they really have to come to an ultimate truth on that because I do feel that the punishment on both ends of that should be pretty severe. You know, I mean, you, can go, you can go back and look at like, like college kids, like kids that you know. They're, they're, they're booming stars in the college football world, you know. In the college football, you know, that world is known for crazy shit like this all the time, rape and all that fucked up shit. But, you uh-huh. know, you know, in those dudes, I think that they should definitely do the punishment, but you'll hear these crazy stories of kids that were on the come up that would have been big stars and their last year of college was accused of rape and just destroyed their whole football career, and now they're just working at Home Depot, but, and then, but the girl came out and said that she was lying, so it's okay, no harm, no foul, you know what I mean? But meanwhile, meanwhile, you sideline this kid's entire life, you know what I mean? Well, if it's definitive, and, you know, there, because that's the thing, a lot of the, you know, the issues with rape is this huge gray area. Yeah. There is no gray area with murder. You're either dead or you're not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. But with rape, like, you know, what, like you said, was she half consenting? Was she not wanting to? But then he got on her and she was like, oh, what the fuck? 
or it kind of feels good even though I said no, or, yeah. you know, you don't know. And I'm not condoning any of those fucking things. I'm just saying there's right. a lot of gray area when it comes to, you know, who did what and what was really going on, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, my opinion in regard to what you just said is uh, if a woman comes out and it becomes black and white and she says after the fact, yes, I lied. And she basically cost this guy a ton, like fucked his whole life up. Yeah. The punishment should be civil. Yeah. She should be held accountable for uh, some kind of punitive damages, man. You know, like I think there's something like it would be like a, I think the actual law or what she might have been able to sue him for would be like tortious interference. Mm-hmm. I think that's because I know a little bit about the law, believe it or not, you know. Yeah. And uh, basically what that is, is like if someone had a job or was about to get hired for a job or something like that, and you say something that causes them, you know, to lose their job that's untrue or something like that, then you should be, then whatever it was that they were going to make from that, you should be held liable for that, for that amount of money. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know, like I'm no lawyer, obviously, but I do know that that's the premise of tortious interference and. And that, yeah, as well as we both noticed, even in the OJ case, you know, even after he was acquitted or whatever, I think he was still being sued. By the family. You know, yeah, by the family, punitively. There was so, you know, at that point, a civil punitive lawsuit would be an option to get some kind of, you know, remuneration for some kind, you know, for shit that was caused by a a false statement. Yeah, the OJ, yeah. And as far as she goes, if after the fact she turned around and said, I lied, that's called fucking perjury. You could do a year in jail for that, okay? So in my opinion, yeah, if she did that, if he has to be held accountable to the letter of the law, then so does she. If she fucking came out, if it was found to be for a fact that she lied about having been raped, dragged this poor bastard into court, made him incur a ton of, of, of expense, an emotional fucking hardship derailed his life, man, then she needs to fucking suffer to, you know, the fucking, uh, you know, the ramifications, the consequences of her, her act, which would be perjury and a punitive lawsuit, man, you know, against her, you know, that that's in my opinion, but, uh, as far as criminal stuff, yeah, it's very, that whole thing is very gray, you know, I just try to look at it objectively, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I said, you know, back to the Harvey thing that um, the only way that I would really feel that this was rape is if he, if it was black and white, where he held her down, <clears throat> which I don't think he's capable of doing, um, and had his way with her against her will when there was no gray area. And she said, I didn't, I came up here to take a memo, not to get boned. Right. You know, if that's the case. Right. That's fucking rape, mm-hmm. you know, slam dunk. Or even if he had a woman up there under social pretenses who might have even been on the fence about whether she was going to do something with Weinstein, whether for her own career or because she was drunk and she was like, well, I could just tell people I fucked Darby. Tell my girlfriend, Sex of the City style. Right. But she wasn't to that point, hadn't made up her mind. And he decided to slip her a drug and fucking, you know, decide to do it anyway. That's fucking that right there. Unless a woman is 
fully consenting to sex, if you go against her wishes and you violate her without her consent, in my opinion, yo, man, that's a crime and you need to go to fucking prison. Yeah. Dude, the moral of the story, man, is respect bitches and keep your dick in your pants, niggas. <laughs> I don't know how that sounded, but it, me- it was meant with a good heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's my take on the whole rape thing. Me personally, man, I'm, you know, I mean, I don't have any problem getting pussy. So when it comes to me, and also, actually, I'm actually a pretty sweet guy, you know. I, yeah. Like, if I'm in a relationship with a woman, I don't cheat on her. And if I'm not, oh, bitches, it's hot dog for hire, man. You can't, you cannot keep a, you can't keep track on me. But uh, when it comes to women, you know, I um, I have a soft spot in my heart, believe it or not, deep down. Uh, my mother was sickly as a child. She had polio, you know, and uh, as a child, she did. So she was sick throughout my whole childhood, and she died young. And uh, the last thing in all that, you know, I grew up with my father basically staying loyal to her, going without, you know, compromising, I'm sure, a lot of intimacy and a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. To be loyal to her, man, and to love her until the day she passed, you know. So, when it comes to women, I actually am pretty old school. I mean, not you know, with all these bitches and this and that. But when it really comes down to it, I have a very sweet soul, and uh, in my wildest dreams, I would never even you know think of harming a woman. You know, I've never struck a woman, and yeah. I know guys that have, and they, I can't even fathom it. I, I was in a situation once where I caught. You know, the girl I was dating in bed with another guy. And I, you know, all I could say is she was super vain. She was always saying, I, I want to get a nose job to, to correct my nose. And I was like, you're beautiful. You don't need to. So now I'm in a situation where some other guy's DNA is dripping down the side of a fucking thigh. I paid the rent for the apartment. And uh, she's telling me she wants a nose job and she's up in my face. And I thought to myself, well, if I was ever going to hit a woman, I could break her nose, and she probably would really appreciate it so she could get a prettier nose. <laughs> All kidding aside, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't hit her. I'm right there, you know. In, those situation, in a situation like that, if you don't do anything physical to a woman, you just ain't cut that way, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I did rumble with him a little bit, you know, but uh, that didn't go well. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I just, I'm just not that way. And I think anybody that, that does that, you know, needs to fucking really, uh, suffer the consequences of their act. Yeah. You know, mic drop on that one. Every now and then I have to tell people what I'm really about. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't get so out of control that, you know, the anchor's out of the water and the speedboat's heading for the shore kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, rape is a fucking horrible thing. Molestation is a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. But everything I said in regard to people who try to further their careers, get publicity, throw unnecessary gas on an ugly fire, are really, in my mind, pretty fucking reprehensible, man, you know? Yeah. I'm not that person, you know? And, and like I said, there's a lot of gray area. If, if Harvey was involved with cash, uh, or couch casting, Fucking good for him. Some woman wanted a part, didn't want to go through the audition process, enjoyed sucking dick, and was like, well, this is the path of least resistance. Good for her. <laughs> I got no, nothing to say. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, any woman who wants to engage in that, any man who wants to use his power to try to recruit women to do that, you know, men have been doing that for years. Yeah, I mean, any... That, that was my thought. Is like Hollywood's been known for that forever. I mean, any kind of platform for art. You take m- music as well, the music game. You know, any type of really kind of art form. I'd say where there's someone who's you know more. High or politics. Like, what about politics, brother? Politics. You know exactly. You know politics even worse. Politics are like politics. They kill you after they fucking rape you. Or they rape you before then they kill you. They kill you then they rape you. Yeesh. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, you take a situation, you know, I've, I've always been, it, you know, there's all these rock stars and stuff, you know what I mean? You never see that anything, any Me Too movement going after them, which is weird because you know in the 70s, 80s, 90s, even in the now, you know that if one of these big rock and roll singers come, you know, stumble into some 16-year-old girl that looks like she's 25... You know, they're not going to say, oh, you're 16, I can't have sex with you, or I can't get a blowjob or something. I feel like mm. they're going to they're gonna go for it, you know what I mean? Which is wrong, definitely wrong. Um, I just, it's weird that there's kind of a weird, it's like expected from a rock star, like, like that's, yeah. just, you know what it is, like, 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 we'll take Ozzy Osbourne, for instance. It's like, you think Ozzy wasn't doing some wild shit? You know what I mean? Back in his day, I mean. Oh hell yeah, dude! I mean, uh, it's I, but um, yeah. From what I know about Ozzy, he was drunk most of the time and probably didn't even remember it. Yeah, but that still don't make it, you know, a good thing. I no. just always thought that was a. <laughs> I always thought that was a weird, almost double standard, like weird catch twenty two ish type thing where like you have film and you have you have music and it's like you. you yeah, I mean, they're both kind of doing this. A lot of them are like nerdy people that got into that field to get chicks, you know what I mean? And it's like, yes. then they get them, and it's just, I always thought there was a weird double standard in between those two uh, mediums, because it was like... Yeah, I think you're like, right. It's almost Especially. like it comes with the territory with the musicians, you know what I mean? Like, it's accepted because it's like, well, they're going to be rock stars and fuck a bunch of groupies, and that's just the way it is, you know what I mean? But then on the flip side of it... It's like mm. on the film side. It's like nah, like now nah, you can you can be the rock star, but you better be careful with those groupies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. Rock stars get a certain they give rock stars a pass, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's funny as you were talking about that. I was thinking, you know, where did those worlds kind of blend? Yeah. And once again, now I have to once again, you know, stay true to what I say, which is I don't know, but. I'm going to believe, based on all that I've heard, <clears throat> that the Kennedys were maybe messing around with Marilyn Monroe once in a while. I'm guilty of the conspiracy theory, but sure. from everything that people are talking about, and all I mean, you constantly hear from so many sources, so I have to think maybe there was something going on that, uh, you know, the Kennedys were having these crazy, you know, having women in the fucking White House, and yeah. then, like, you know, the Secret Service would run up and say, you know, hey Jack. You know, it was John F. Kennedy. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, what was the name? Uh, what the fuck was his wife's name? Jackie. Jackie. Uh, you know, Jackie Onassis is on her way in from Air Force One. So, just giving you a heads up. No more head. And they would clear all the hose out, and you know, they would get rid of all their illegal illegal booze. Now, that was their father. You know, so I mean, and supposedly he was messing around with Marilyn Monroe, and they both. You no, know, the Kennedy. 
Yeah, they both. I heard that too. You know, together at times. I'm going to do a show on that eventually. I got to do a little more research on it. But yeah, she was and she was she was fucking around with mobsters and stuff like while while like um you know with the president. She was just running around with everybody and. Her, oh she's got a really weird story. Yeah, her, her, her life was where she was kind of just like a, she was arm candy that was being used by like everybody in power that would like almost you know, give her attention or like raise her up on a pedestal type thing. And it even goes back to her death is like a lot of you know speculation of what actually how she actually died. You know, there's there's. There's people that's you know because of the mob and the in the in the Kennedy ties because they had beef you know what I mean mm-hmm. you can go right into his assassination and stuff like that um but, <coughs> yeah you might be right about that but yeah and they say you know Bobby even Robert Kennedy you know he, he was sucked into all that madness and he had to be done away with it was um but yeah the Marilyn Monroe thing yeah that was that was uh. Right there, I mean, she was probably the first Me Too movement. Whether, but then that goes into the whole thing: is she go? Is she going around and just having fun, being young, you know, <clears throat> living that lifestyle, or was it something where it was a more tragic tale of she was just kind of being passed around and it wasn't quite her will? You know, it, it, nobody will ever know these things. But yeah, like the weird shit's been going. Even there's even speculation of like. Um, like Shirley Temple way back in her day having to deal with really fucked up shit and Judy Garland and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Which I believe it, yeah, Mickey Rooney. Even Mickey Rooney, I think some shit happened to him as a child actor. Because uh, wherever this art, like artist that, I think that the same thing, I think the, the same thing that sparks inside an artist that makes them artistic is the same thing that almost gives them a little bit of craziness and unsteadiness, you know what I mean? Like not quite... Not quite, you know, they're a little rift in in, in the waters type story, but um, yeah. yeah, so it's weird. It, the whole thing's weird, but it's been around forever. Um, and this whole Me Too thing, we'll kind of wrap it up a little bit with the Me Too thing. Um, but it's like you got the Me Too, you got the whole that triggered movement, um, cancel culture. You know, where it, there was a power in it, where for a while anybody that just got you know, accused of of doing something fucked up with just not in no trial, straight executioner. You don't go to you don't go go to the judge. You don't get in front of a jury. You just go straight to the executioner. Whether yeah, you know, you yeah. do that or not. Like there's like Joel McHale, who's like this personality who, um, he had like a show that was doing big, and I guess they fucking his his girlfriend accused him of just being a bad boyfriend. And that destroyed his whole career, you know. And then it later, you later came to find out that he, you know, she was the crazy one. The same thing with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp had a girlfriend that said that he beat her up or something. And then, like, evidence in it fucking that sent his career for a whirlwind a little bit. I think he even sent his life into a whirlwind because he was getting. Dude, Johnny Depp looks like a real vampire right now. If you say, if you ever see a new yeah, he went from fucking sex symbol to hex symbol. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But that's what that'll do to you. I mean, when you're walking around and you're carrying that, 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 that fucking blanket over you of some of, of a sexual predator or rapist, it's like dark. Yeah, man, that's some dark well, shit. But you know what? I mean, jumping back a little bit, like yeah. in terms of. These people, you know, that uh, that allowed 
other people to slander them and, you know, have their, their, uh, their careers run into the ground. Yeah. I think, man, me personally, I would fucking derail it. I mean, it's the basic, the, the syndrome would be the premise to my defense mm-hmm. would be, first of all, he who is not sinned cast the first stone now. And second of all, you know, just to look at the, at the camera and say, this is a, this is domestic insanity. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, this is what I would have said if I were Johnny Depp. I would have said, I'm not going to lower myself to the level of, of trying to do, to, you know, cast stones at her and say what she did or whatever. What I can tell you definitively is I've never hit a woman in my life. Yeah. I did not hit her. And it, it's just not true. And until evidence can be presented that, that, you know, would, would prove which is impossible because it didn't happen. I would like to think that people out there would would give me the benefit of the doubt and put myself in your position. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, one day you you uh, you come home from your girlfriend's house and you have a quarrel and you say something or you do something that she doesn't like, and suddenly she decides she's going to tell people that you're a scumbag and you beat her up and you said terrible things and and you're sitting here going. I didn't do that. And why would anybody just, you know, not give me the benefit of the doubt and be neutral about it? You know, I'm not that person. Yeah. I'm going to continue to do what I always do in my life, which is to be human, no better or no worse than anybody else here to choose not to be violent with women, which I've lived by my whole life and will continue to do so, whether it's spanking my child or hitting a girlfriend, I'm not that guy. And three, to focus my energy on continuing to make movies that entertain you as best as I possibly can. I believe in me, and I believe in your ability to believe in me. Thank you. Got nothing else to say. Now it's back to reality. And I would have just let it drop. If I were Michael Richards, I wouldn't have let this fucking thing derail me. I would have got up on fucking stage. I would have got on YouTube, and I would have said, I'm Michael Richards. This is the video of me yelling inflammatory racism against these men that pissed me off at my club. Why did I use those words? I'm going to tell you exactly why. I used those words because I was angry and I was hurting and I wanted to think of whatever I could think of. It's like being in a fight. I had my fists up and I wanted to think of what, which, an uppercut, or a jab, or a left hook, what could I do to cause as much pain to those people in the moment, because I was so goddamn pissed off as I could. And I thought, wow, the one thing that African-American people hate is that word. I hate it too, actually. But right now, I'm going to hate them with it. Because that's what we do. A lot of people will use that word, or think that word, some people say that word when it, when, a, when an African-American is not in the room, and they'll do it because they want to hurt that person. Right. And then after the fact, what do we all do? Assuming we're all decent, we all say, wow, I feel shitty. I shouldn't have said that. I don't feel that way. Yeah. I don't have anything against any person, black, white, Hispanic, China, I don't care. But in the heat of battle, I did it. I called this person that word. 
I called a woman the C word once. I felt shitty about it, like so many of us do. Yeah. So I apologize to everybody. First, I apologize to these people because I would have, should have called them rude fucking assholes, but I was too angry. So I dropped that word. Not because I meant it, because I wanted to hurt them. And in the end, after the fact, it hurt me. Because I was sad. Underneath mad is sad. Yeah. I am no better or worse than anybody else. I'm not prejudiced. I use these racial slurs like so many people have. And then after the fact, I felt bad. I've had fights where I punched people in the face and knocked them out. And then I went home and I thought, wow, that, that's fucked up. I hope that guy's okay. this is what we are we're human and that's what I would have said and if you want to judge me judge me but the truth is pure I'm sorry for what I said I wasn't sorry in the moment but I'm not sorry for whatever will happen with my career I'm sorry as a spirit in the world that's what he should have fucking said and he would still be working in Hollywood because you know why because the truth resonates why does the truth resonate because the truth is of God. It's the God force. Yeah. And when you hear it, nothing goes up against it. I guarantee you, man, you know, like not to keep harping on that, but I use that as, a, as an example, the Michael Richards thing. I think it was so tragic because here's a guy who brought so much laughter and so much fun into our homes, and he had one bad moment, and he decided to say these terrible, you know, this terrible thing to hurt those guys. And I'm really betting based on, you know, his life's work and his spirit that he didn't mean it. Yeah. And that he's sorry for it. And like so many other people who have uttered a racial slur and felt shitty about it, he's no better or worse than many people who never got crucified. And that's it. I just wanted to say that. I've always wanted to say that in front of someone because I really feel that, you know, ironically enough, in a in a in a black, you know, racial slur you know, there is no such thing as black and white. Mm-hmm. The world is gray. Right. And people need to understand that, you know? Yeah. So, whatever. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember right after that, he went on, uh, Seinfeld was on, like, Jay Leno, and, and he, instead of being interviewed, he gave Michael Richards the platform to go out there and do apologize for his actions. And um, I'll never forget that he, he said, I want to apologize to the Afro-Americans. And I always got a chuckle out of that because, like, he made a joke, oh, like, in, like in, his, in his apology. But he, he's got that Seinfeld money, so he could literally have came out and been like, yeah, I'm racist. I want them all to die. And, and that, you know... That could have been, he'd still be set for life. But yeah, I agree with you, man. I don't think he was racist. I think he was just, he was up on stage in front of a group full of people. He probably has some ego because he was on the biggest TV show of all time. Now he's got these these people that are kind of nobodies that just came to his show. The way he looks at it, you know, these are just, you know, regular working folk that came to my show and... They're heckling me and making me look like a fool in front of this audience of people that he thought was going to support him. Probably, th- yeah. probably just they thought they were going to laugh. You know that celebrity thing where you can say whatever you want and you know your yes men and yes women around you are just going to laugh it off and go <laughs> like the same people that tell Bono that his him singing at a, at a certain certain key yeah cures age. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> like. Like he's that's what it is. He's about those yes men. So he's not used to people being like, "Well, wait, fuck you. What'd you just say? Like, come again?" Nah, he's not used to that. Like, no, I bet nobody's talked to him. 
Nobody talked to him like that shit in like 10, 15 years probably since before Seinfeld. Right. No one's ever I agree. Been, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and I'll tell you something else. I think, you know, true to what I was saying before. Yeah. I think you're right. He, it was like, he, it was like indignation, you know, and he probably, he would have chosen whatever words he thought, you know, would have made them angry if they looked like, you know, they were wearing, uh, cheap clothes from JC Penny or something. He would have been like, shut your white trash holes. You and your fucking polyester shirts from fucking Walmart. Shut up. He would have, whatever he could have done to belittle them. He would have done. If they were women, you know, and they looked cheap, he would have been like, shut your Jersey Shore whore mouth. Yeah. Whatever he would have thought of, whatever he thought, looking at them, he could use to lash back at them. Just like we do. That's human nature. Yeah. We either feel it, think it, or say it. And none of the things in any of the three things I just said are politically correct or anything that we feel that we could, you know, st utter without being in trouble. Yeah, you're... And, the, you know, he was not sin cast the first stone now. Yeah. I I'm going to tell you something real quick. I want to expand on this, but, you know, before we wrap it up, one time I got called for jury duty. True, true story, bro. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hated it. I registered to vote for the first time, and sure enough, I'm like, you do that? They're going to call you for jury duty. I got called right away for jury duty, man. Yeah. I was so fucking depressed. I went down there. I, you know, there's like a lotto system or whatever. So whatever number I picked or whatever was on my thing, I was one of the prospective jurors. I got picked. So I'm up on a panel with whatever, 12 or 13, whatever other people were there. The whole, the whole room is, the courtroom is filled with prospective jurors. There's a bunch of people. I'm one of the 12 people, I guess it was, or something like that that was being considered to sit on the jury for this case. And the defendant who was being tried was in the courtroom with his lawyer. Then there was the, the DA who was going to try to send her to prison, the judge, all of the, the jurors that were, that had been picked that were about to get, uh, vetted, you know, kind of asked questions to, to make sure that both the defense attorney and, you know, the, whatever, both attorneys uh, agreed that, yeah, the, that we, we're okay with this particular juror. We both, like, yeah, they're impartial, they're fair. Yes, they can sit and listen to this, and they can be, you know, decide, be one of the deciding factors. So they're asking us questions. The guy next to me is an Italian sanitation worker. Now, I grew up in a town of Italians, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is the question that they ask him. They say, sir, have you ever used a racial slur? And this is what he says. A racial slur? Nah, nah, nah. I, ne I never, I never, I have never used a racial slur. No, not in my life, no. That's <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here! Are you fucking kidding me? You probably use racial slurs like that fucking Tourette's. He created <laughs> racial slurs, yeah. Yeah, I was looking, I nodded his head, I was like, this fucking dog is lying. Racial slur, nah, nah, I never, I, have never, I ain't never uttered a racial slur in my entire life, sir, no. Oh, shit, I was dying. I kept looking over them like a sitcom, like a comedy, you know, like kept looking yeah. at him, looking at the rest of the courtroom, looking at him like, like, nigga, please. Yeah. 
and you know, and meanwhile, the guy that was being, uh, you know, tried, it was a black and a white guy. They got into some kind of a drunken fight outside of a bar, and the black guy got the best of them. Okay, shit happens. That should have been the end of it, but apparently it was not. And a black guy was being, uh, you know, tried for, I guess, some kind of, you know, whatever, man, some felony, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he could go to prison for this shit. Now I'm the next person. They ask me the same question. They say, what about you, sir? Have you ever used a racial slur? I said, yes, I have. And so has everyone else in the room either thought it or said it. And he goes, he, he just like looks down, laughs, shakes his head and goes, Sir, I don't need you to to answer for what everyone else in the room has has done in their life. I just asked you a simple question. If if you've used a racial slur or you haven't, and you say you have, I said, yes. Yes, I have, sir. I'm sorry to say. But I can tell you one thing. If this man is innocent, I will hang the jury to make sure he doesn't go to prison. And he was like, all right, thank you. You can step down, and you're free to go. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And there was this Italian sanitation worker that, that you know, that just fucking lied through his fucking teeth. And there I am, being honest, saying, yeah, I've used a racial slur. I'm not fucking proud of it, but I'm here to tell you, after the fact, I felt shitty about it. There's a man sitting there on trial for his life, and yeah, I might have said some stupid shit, nigga this, nigga that, but at the end of the day, I'm here to tell you, as a spirit in the world, here and now, when shit means something, I'm not going to send a man to jail. A man, not a black, white, Hispanic man, I'm not going to send another human being, treat others the way you want to be treated, where humanly possible. If you fall from grace onto your face, get up. Yeah. You know? But I'm not going to send a man to prison if he's guilty. I mean, if he's not guilty, I'm going to hang the fucking jury. Regardless of what stupidity I might have said drunk and on what day, you know? Yeah. It's not going to happen, man. And anyway, they let me go home. And uh, on the way out, I looked right into the eyes of the defendant. And I said, good luck, bro. And he just kind of looked at me and just like shook his head like, yeah, I hear you, man. Like, this is not going to be fair and, you know. And I just walked out. I've never been on jury duty again. So that's my opinion about people that use racial slurs. You know, if you're in an argument with someone in the heat of whatever, you're gonna you might let something slip. But those minor, you know, ugly remarks do not define who we are as people. They define our mistakes, things that bring us shame things that we go to church to repent for, things that we apologize for. We are mortal. We're not gods. Where is the gray area in this life? How many people must we crucify? Who is holier than thou? You know? Bunch of shit. That's my take on it. And, you know, that's why I really love planting my flag for who I've chosen to be, which is a shock star, a mock star, and if I was hung a little bigger, a cock star. But at the end of the day, to thine own self be true, at least I keep it fucking real, you know? Yeah. And I don't give a fuck whether you agree with me or not, but I'm here to tell you, man, I think I wake, I wake Wiggers up. Wiggers! I love it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So at the end of the day, you know, that, that's, that's who I am as a, as a man. Man, myth, legend, me, that's the lowdown. I'm the motherfucker. Put the hoe and hoe down. With no con- <laughs> I can keep going, but yes, you know me. The last so thing, there's the, well, go ahead, homie. The last thing I'll say about Harvey Weinstein is, uh, to go and to go back to the way he looked, the troll. If Harvey, I feel like if Harvey Weinstein looked like Brad Pitt, it, there never would have been an issue. Huh. We never touched base on that. I think that was big. I think the fact that he was a big, ogre, ugly, fat-looking, fucking weirdo dude, I think that is what sealed the deal for him. He just, mm. he looks the part. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure he did all the, all, the majority, if not all the fucked up shit he's accused of, I'm sure he did. Um, but I do think that, you know, I do feel that if he, if he was a Brad Pitt mm-hmm. looking dude, you know, Johnny Depp in his day, they, they would have, you know, it's like one of those things, like a, there's a guy named Jason Momoa right now, all the girls love. And it's like, I, I, I seem to feel like if a girl came out tomorrow and said, Hey, you know, he, he beat me up, held me down and raped me. That did be girls on that guy's Twitter page being like, hit me up, I like rough sex, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be completely, it'd be a different, whole different ball game. It, it, I think you're right. I think you're right, bro. But at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. I think there would be some women that, you know, got all turned on. You know, yeah, you're right. If a guy's super good looking, if he's sexy, you would have got some other responses. Yeah. Not all. You know, I think, but I agree with you. I, I believe that you would have got women that were like, no, he's not like that. I don't believe it. Yeah. You know, he's awesome. I love his movies. He's the guy that I see in the movies. He's not this other guy. She's a bitch. I know women like that. She's trash. Then there would be women who are like, hey, man, rough sex is good sex. Why couldn't she just fucking lay back and enjoy it? What, she wants to be, you know, fucked by some some boring church going Christian in one position. I mean, you know, they would have got that too. Yeah. And then you would have got feminists or other people that were like, you know what, just because, you know, he's good looking, he's just going to assume that every woman wants to fuck him when they say no and he's going to do it anyway. He needs to learn a fucking lesson. Yeah. You would have got a, a whole gamut. But yes, I hate to say it in terms of profiling, and I don't give a fuck whether anybody agrees with me or not, man, but we all look at people and on a visceral level, we formulate first impressions. Mm. And Harvey Weinstein looks like his mugshot should be on the fucking sexual registry as a fucking offender. I mean, in movie terminology, homie, if he were casting for an old, devious pedophile, he would have casted himself. Yep. He looks the part. That's <laughs> true. It's true. So, so I agree with you, man. And on some level, once again, there's the way life should be, and then there's the fucking way it is. Yeah. People need to get hit to that, man. I'll wrestle with it. Yeah. And yeah, man, you know, to some degree, it. I think what you said, the exact words were, his look sealed the fucking deal. I think you're so right. He looks like the, your preconceived notion, your, you know, the fucking <laughs> the sex offender, man. He fits the profile. He just looks like, like you said, like a a devious, insidious, untrustworthy, predatorial, fucking, you know, sex offender. He just yeah. does, man. It's true. It's true. 
Yeah, so, but, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you know what, Matt, even if, you know, 50 or 80% of the women were on the Me Too thing, you know, talking about, well, I'm scorned and he did this or, you know, you know, not because it really happened or there was some gray area there, but because now it was an easy, you know, easy to convince people. Well, now they already have him earmarked in the media as one of these things. So if I jump out, I'm not going to have to convince people too much. <clears throat> but we, even with all that, all that being said, if there were 50 women that came out and said he did this and 40 of them, whatever, or 30 of them were flat out, you know, consensual cast, uh, couch casting, you know, 10 of them were on the fence, five of them were drunk and five of them were drugged. That's still five fucking women that were violated. That's five rapes. Yeah. That, you know, one rape. You do that to one woman, you're going away. You do it to five? Dog, mm. you're a repeat fucking nasty offender that deserves to be a rear ender and find out from the brothers, man, what it feels like to be on the receiving end. Spiritually speaking, it is better to give than to receive. He needed to be on the receiving end of that kind of thing. It's true. We're not talking steak. He needed to be someone's chicken. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. Karma. And I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up with one last question for you. Shoot. Being a shock star and a gentleman that, you know, some people might find some offense to some of the stuff you do, and that's no that's no shot because people take a lot of offense to some of the stuff I do in my comedy, and there's a lot of comedy that comes with, you know... Um, the insane Shane McCain train. Um, but as a shock star, what's your opinion of cancel culture and the fact that people's livelihoods and careers and legacies can be kind of crossed out just by offending someone? I think it's pretty much a reiteration of, of what I said, you know, that uh, I think we all have to understand as we dig deep that the truth is pure, that, you know, good people do some bad things. <clears throat> and bad people do some good things. And that's not something we like to talk about. We like to try to categorize things into black and white. And I think that's an illusion, but we need to make sense out of reality. And, you know, so that our world makes sense. And unfortunately, I think that, uh, you know, if you look at someone's career and, you know, it's like a glass of water, it's, it's 99%, you know, full and 1% empty, I think if, if there's some gray area, if, if someone made an off-color remark or, you know, was involved in, in, in some kind of thing that is not truly detrimental to another human being or creature. Yeah. I'm not even big on people that abuse animals. I think that, they, that needs to be brought more to the forefront, in my opinion. But once again, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about preaching. But, you know, the bottom line is, it, it, you know, my answer is simply this, you know, if somebody does something or says something that you can envision yourself having done that did not violate, endanger, or deprive another person of their life or safety, I think those things should be come under the guise of a gray area. He who has not sinned cast the first stone now. And we should find it in our hearts to to forgive those people. 
and to, to understand that they're no better or worse than we are. Do they make mistakes? Yes, they do. Do they utter things in anger or impulsively that they shouldn't have, that they feel remorse for? Yes, they do. They're no better or worse than we are. So in that, in that respect, the answer would be that, uh, <clears throat> I completely, you know, disagree with the fact that somebody can grab onto one statement or one thing and vilify you and decide that everything else, you know, your whole worth, worth, your, your right to be a performer, to be in the limelight is now been forfeited. I think that is very unrealistic. There's, and very, uh, hypocritical. Because I think we all know people who have done the same things and we still associate with those people. We realize, yeah, that was a stupid fucking thing to say. He's not really like that. I know him or she, I know her. They apologize. They made a mistake. They're a good person that fell on their face and, you know, fell from grace. We all do that. Yeah. However, so if that's the case, I think people need to fucking get over themselves and stop feeding off the drug the most prevalent and addictive drug that exists in the mainstream and in the world today, it's called fucking drama. Drama. I posted something on Facebook today, by the way, about that. I said, fear-based Facebook fact, COVID-19 has mutated into COVID-20. The treatment drug is drama. Sharing is scaring. There you go. (laughs) Bunch of shit. Drama is a drug. Now, on the flip side of that, if they've done something like gotten drunk as a rock star and, you know, ran over a guy on a bicycle coming home from work, you know, they need to go to prison. Yeah. And yeah, if they can still entertain us from prison and anybody wants to listen, go ahead. But you need to suffer the consequences for a fucking system shit like that, like the rest of us do. If you're, if, if people can prove that you were with a woman and things got ugly and there was a big fight and you didn't do what you're supposed to do, which is to say, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. This is out of control. I'm not, I can't do it. I'm too rattled. And you stay there and you decide, no, instead she said something I don't like and I'm going to punch her in her fucking face. You need to go to jail, bro. No holier than now. No better than the, than the guy that sits in the movie theater and buys a $10 ticket to watch him, your $10 million salary movie. You punch the woman in the face. You're going to jail. And you need to suffer the repercussions and the consequences of what anyone else would do and what anyone else in the community would say about you for having done so. There are some black and white things. So if you commit a crime, if you rape a woman... If you kill someone, if you hurt someone, you need to be held accountable. If you come out and tell people, no, I didn't just say the N-word. I say it all the time because that's the way I feel about those people. Okay, man, you have a right to your ignorant opinion, and now you have to suffer the consequences for what the, the public will say about that. But if you just, I guess the deal is, Matt, I guess I'll say what I always said and I'll wrap it up with this. The difference between a mistake and a sin. A mistake you should be forgiven for. A mistake is when you do something 
and you, you're, you know, you, you kind of, you, you make a mistake. A sin is when you knowingly do a horrible thing. You think about it, you know it's terrible, and you consciously decide I'm going to fucking do it anyway. And you stand by it. That's a different story. So maybe that answers your question. I don't know. My two cents. 98 more fucking cents, bro. Yeah. As usual, well, as, yeah, go ahead. as usual, <laughs> when we have our Shane on as a guest, we got long episodes, which I love. And we're uh, this is going to be a two-hour episode, I think. Well, don't get me wrong, bro. My, remember what I told you initially. My ego yeah. is not connected to anything. If you decide at any, at any place that Shane is, what would be the nice way to say this, is being long-winded about something, or if you decide in the privacy of your own spirit, Shane is on a psychobabble tangent, feel free to use the digital editor and trim the fat off my fat bones. You feel me, brother? I would never do it. I love it. I love it when they're long. It's good. That wind is minty fresh. It's beautiful. I wouldn't have it any other <laughs> I way. I like that. You like that? Funny, it's funny though that we, uh, we 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 had two different subjects that we were going to talk about, but we ended up going into the Me Too movement, which is good because uh, it's it's definitely with the times and something I've wanted to talk about. And uh, you are a great person to talk about it with, with your perspective and stuff. So, well, thanks, sure. brother. Like I said, you know, I don't know. I just roll with the punches, and uh, you know, to the people that were listening, I always tell Matt the same thing, man. I don't want to know about anything. You're going to ask me. I want this to be completely spontaneous, and we're just going to roll with it like life. Just, just roll with the wind, roll with the current, roll with the flow, and and hopefully that makes it a little more interesting for you. Because uh, we might start with something, but hey, man, if we go ADD, and you know that's what we do. That's the insane train, homie. You know what I'm saying? If you don't want to be on that, you want to jump off the train. The train don't stop. Tuck and roll. Okay. <laughs> So, word up. Well, thanks, thanks again, Shane. It was a pleasure. We'll have you on the show many more times. Thank you, brother. It's always a pleasure. It's always nice comfort zone talking with you. I enjoy it, and I hope that the people that listened got provoked and evoked my mission statement to shock you out of your reality, rock you like hell, and make you laugh. Laughter being the tickling of the soul, the ultimate expression of joy. Mic drop. For anybody out there, check out uh, Insane Shane McCain's music on uh, just about every musical platform probably, right? Yeah, I think it's out there. I think if you just Google Insane Shane McCain, and that is M-C-K-A-N-E, not the, the, the presidential candidate, the guy that died, M-C-C-A-I-N. That's the kind of guy that runs for. I am the kind of guy that runs from. M-C at a party, Kane like Kane and Abel, baby, K-A-N-E, strong, alpha motherfucking male. And also, for anybody following all the podcasts, Shane did an episode on Mostly Ghostly called Witches, Bitches, and Hoes, where we, <laughs> we get deep into the all three of those things, and that's one of my favorite Mostly Ghostly episodes, so uh, definitely pop over and check that out if you uh, you need some more Shane fix in your life. But, Sounds good, brother. Oh, yeah. So th yeah. Thanks again, and uh, we'll talk soon. You got it, brother. Always a pleasure. Be well, stay healthy. And to everybody listening, do the same thing. Be safe. Holla fucking hallelujah. So, anyways.
There's been uh, the Me Too movement has happened since the last time I was here. Well, no, it had to happen, Jesus Christ. But, you know, I think it's dying down. You know? I don't know. I think they got everybody. Right? <laughs> just, just judging by the stories, I feel like they kind of got everybody. Because the first stories that came out, they were fucking unbelievable. It was just guys taking their dicks out at work, like, look at it! Look at it! Locking doors and jizzing on plants. You fucking at home watching Jesus Christ. People did this shit. Yeah. So the stories were big in the beginning. Like, oh my God, what a bunch of fucking animals. And then they they just started tapering, tapering off. And about I don't know, six months in, they just sounded like bad dates. It was like he was he was ten minutes late. The chicken was cold. I think I was raped. Career over. What about my side of the story? Fuck your side of the story! You have a dick and balls! We don't want to hear it! <laughs>